If you want to transform your body, mind, and spirit, then you are right where you need to be. Welcome to the podcast, the official podcast of Pullman Fitness, hosted by your coach, Adam Pullman. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of what is now the Pullman Fitness Show. We are going through a little bit of a rebrand here. Uh, this used to be the podcast. You might still see the image or the the logo um, on whatever platform you want or you listen to podcasts on as uh, the podcast. The intro might still be the podcast, but we are slowly transitioning into the Pullman Fitness Show. Now, you might be thinking, well, what happened to the podcast? Well, you know, um, as you get older, things change. And as you transition in life, things change. So when I first started this show, it was called the podcast because Poe was my nickname. That's what everybody called me. Nobody ever referred to me as Adam. Uh, if ever, if someone ever called me Adam, I was in trouble or it was clear that you did not know me. Uh, everybody just called me Poe and I have, you know, transitioned out of that season in life. And, um, since moving, things have changed a bit, you know, a few years ago. And so now everybody just calls me Adam. So Poe isn't much of a thing. Um, doesn't really make any sense and isn't really on brand. So we are transitioning to incorporate the show to be more in brand with the overarching uh, Pullman Fitness business and structure. So that's the intention there. So this will now be the Pullman Fitness show. However, this is still the show where we talk about transforming your body, mind, and spirit and making sure that you get your health, fitness, and nutrition questions answered. So not only are we incorporating you know, a new name, uh, kind of a rebrand, and keeping the the ways of old in terms of answering your questions and making sure you get quality information. But I'm also going to start adding some new things in there, uh, such as a quote to consider, or maybe just some random thoughts that are on my mind that day. So we're going to be doing um, both of those in order to bring you guys more value. Uh, if you're not a part of my newsletter, that's kind of what the newsletter has started to look like. You know, we have uh, a thought that I'm kind of thinking through, we have a two training concepts, two nutrition concepts, and a quote to consider. It's a quick five, six, seven minute read, depending on how much I'm, I'm thinking about that day. And it comes once a week and everybody loves it. Like I have had um, surprisingly good feedback. Not that I thought that people would hate it, but um, I just didn't really think that anything would come from it. And it was just a good way for me to kind of share my thoughts and improve my writing skills. And I've had a lot of positive feedback from the, uh, the newsletter from what's called the fit fix Friday. So I thought, you know what, let's take some of that structure and organization and presentation of value into the show as we slowly go through, uh, this rebrand. So with that said, what we're going to be talking about today um, are some thoughts on systems and structures, but more specifically the word maybe, right? Maybe you're someone who is constantly thinking of the word maybe. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should try this diet. Maybe I should do this workout. And your life is full of back, bouncing back and forth between a bunch of maybes, right? So that we're going to be talking about that today and how your systems and structure and awareness can increase um, your ability to see results and decrease, <clears throat> excuse me, the amount of maybes uh, that you have in your life. And of course, we're going to be answering some questions or at least one question today as well. Um, and we're going to be discussing the concept of losing fat, quote unquote, slow enough. That'll be uh, what the question is about. And we'll talk about that in today's show. So if you have a question that you want to have answered here on the show in more depth and detail, you can go ahead and submit that question. Uh, on Instagram, on my Instagram story. So every single Sunday, you will see um, uh, that question box on my Instagram story that just says, ask me anything. Got some emojis down there. Got the lifting guy, you know, the lettuce. I think we have, what else we have? Steak, the peach, and the cookie. 
uh, maybe something else that I'm missing. Uh, but we have those on there. And that's your green light to ask as many health, fitness, and nutrition questions as you would like. Or honestly, ask a question about anything else. This show is about transforming your body, mind, and spirit. So maybe it's about the, the mental side of your nutrition or your training or something else entirely. That's totally fine. I'm cool with it. I love answering questions. And the more questions we have, the more we have to talk about on the show and the more help and value you will get. So anyway, go ahead and answer or ask as many questions uh, as you would want in that question box. So without further ado, let's go ahead and move on into um, our discussion today and talk more about this word maybe. During a conversation the other day, I was talking with an individual who was just really stuck with their uh, their fat loss. They hadn't seen change in quite some time and it was clear that they were very confused um, and frustrated, understandably, uh, as to why they just weren't losing fat despite their uh, what seemed to be best efforts. And so every single time um, this individual was thinking of some sort of potential solution, it was just a wild guess as to what they thought they, they could or should be doing, right? And this is when the maybes came into play. So it kind of went like this. Well, I'm not losing fat. Maybe I need to go to Orange Theory. I know people that go to Orange Theory and they seem to be leaner right? Maybe I should do this diet because my friend so-and-so told me about this diet and they are uh, a lot leaner. So maybe if that works for them, that will work for me. But I'm not going to do, and this was also in the conversation, I'm not going to do any heavy lifting because I did that for a few weeks and my weight went up. So that clearly doesn't work. Uh, maybe I should do some cardio instead because the weight uh, lifting quote unquote didn't work, right? So this individual, this poor individual was um, bouncing from one maybe to the next, right? And so when you have a lot of maybes, that is a sign that one of three things, or maybe all of those things are not as they should be. And those three things are, are as follows. Okay. The first one is knowledge, right? The second one is awareness. And the third one is systems. Now with the first one knowledge, this is just your basic understanding of how things work, right? So you could say maybe for fat loss, this would be your basic understanding that, okay, in order to lose body fat, I need to be consuming fewer calories than I am burning throughout the day. Now for this individual, it doesn't seem that that concept was there. Uh, and that is a huge reason they were wondering if they should do this thing or that thing, because it just seemed to work for other people. So a lack of knowledge around what it takes to lose body fat was missing. Most of you guys listening to this show, I would really hope if you're listening to this show, you have the, the, the basics, the bare minimums uh, covered as far as, you know, surface level knowledge, right? To move the needle, you understand the what, but the other two things maybe are a little bit more of a challenge for you. Those other two things being your awareness around what you're doing and whether or not it's working and your systems, which help improve your awareness. So your systems would be your methods of measuring and tracking and looking at metrics, right? The feedback, the, the systems would be the feedback that allow you to see whether or not something is working and therefore increase your awareness around that. And in the, the 10 years that I've been in training and training and coaching, I found that 90% of the time, that, that's just a rough number that I'm spitting off, you know, off the top of my head. Um, I found that I should say a large majority of the time, it is not a, uh, a complete lack of knowledge that leads to all these maybes, right? Um, most people, like I said, understand the basics of, you know, energy in, energy out. They got to be consuming fewer calories. They understand that they should probably be lifting. They understand that they should be moving and sitting less. But the, the intricacies beyond that, there might be a lack of knowledge, right? But for most people, that lack of knowledge um, is within those intricacies, not the, the basic stuff. So because that's you, we got to focus on the other two. Now, to increase your 
um, your awareness, we have to have systems and structures in place. All right. Now, this kind of brings me to the quote that I want us to consider today. And it's by James Clear. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. The first time I heard this quote, I was like, holy smokes, that is the truest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Maybe not ever, but it's up there. And the quote goes like this. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Okay. So basically you can have these lofty goals and dreams and, and aspirations and, and whatnot, but you're not automatically just going to achieve those without systems and tactics and structure and order and processes in place. You can have the goals. That's great, but you're just not magically going to get there. And your default isn't going to be, um, uh, how would I describe it? A more aspiring, consistent, disciplined version of yourself. Your default is always going to be less than, than what you, than what you think it's going to be. It's going to be less than what it takes to reach your goals. And your default is what you're going to fall to, but your systems keep you from doing that. So you're always going to fall to whatever systems you have in place. I am getting a little lost in my words here, but if you don't have any systems, you're just going to default to regular habits. If you have systems, because you can't have motivation all the time, you're going to default to those systems. So you want to make sure that your systems that you have in place align with the goals that you have, because best case scenario, or sorry, worst case scenario, you're going to fall to those systems. And if you fall to those systems, those systems will get you to the goal. So it's basically a surefire way to make sure that you reach your goal. So yes, let's strive for goals. Absolutely. But let's remember that we're only as good as our systems. So again, we increase systems to increase awareness. Now, what are those systems? What can those systems look like? Well, for my clients and I, those systems are incorporated, you know, of a few different things. The first thing is going to be um, tracking and, and measuring our caloric intake, our food intake. So for my clients and I, we are tracking our food, whether that's my fitness pal, um, chronometer, my net diary, any one of those, but we are keeping accurate, um, an accurate audit of, uh, or an accurate log of what we consume. When we track what we eat, we're able to see the difference between what we think we're, we're doing and what we're actually doing. I just had a new client, you know, on board three weeks ago and he's messaged me since then and been like, dude, I am learning so much about my nutrition simply just through tracking, like not even trying to reach certain goals. He is trying to reach certain goals, but, uh, tracking alone especially at the beginning with just tracking what he was already doing, helped him learn so much. So we, we track our food to increase our awareness around nutrition, our awareness around what we're doing, our, our awareness around how we feel. Okay. Now, again, you can use any of those track, uh, those apps when it comes to tracking food. However, the big thing that you need to be aware of is tracking food accurately and tracking food consistently. You see a lot of people say, okay, yeah, I track my food. And then the follow-up question is great. How do you track that? they say, oh, well, I kind of just eyeball it and then put in what I think it is. That's tracking your food, but that's doing a poor job of it, right? Or it might be, oh, I'm using measuring cups. Again, not accurate, right? It'd be the equivalent of somebody saying, yeah, I do a written budget, but I only, you know, um, I round up to the nearest $10 or I round up to the nearest dollar. And it's like, well, yeah, you're doing a written budget, but you don't actually know the money coming in, the money coming out and where those dollars are going and what, you know, every dollar has is assigned to, right? So one thing to be mindful of. Well, that's one aspect of a system that you can use to increase your awareness. The next one is going to be how you're measuring your progress, right? How you're measuring your progress is going to be a, a system that you can use to increase your awareness. And this is why I have my clients do DEXA scans. And this is why I have them do average weights. Between both of those things, you're going to have an accurate understanding of your percentage change in body weight each week. 
which should align with the the goals and projected plan that I gave them at the beginning, right? So we have thing everything so systematized that I can tell them, okay, if we follow this, we should see X, you know, X percent of weight loss each week, which means means week one you'll weigh this much, week two you'll weigh this much, week three you'll weigh this much. And of course, you know, real life doesn't always work out the way it does on paper, but it's a it's a rough guideline for them to follow. So if they know that they're not on they're not on that trend, they're not on pace, something's off. And so we can easily go back to the drawing board and figure out what it is and adjust things and they can keep progressing versus feeling stuck in this maybe, right? Because you're not tracking progress. You're not tracking your food accurately. All you have left is maybes. Maybe this will work. Maybe that will work. And you don't actually know. And it's super frustrating. So we want to make sure we're doing that as well. And those DEXA scans are going to help you see, okay, yeah, I've lost weight or yeah, I've gained some weight, but what exactly is it? Is it muscle? Is it fat? Between two DEXA scans, by definition, you can figure out exactly how much of a deficit or a surplus you were in just based on the body composition test alone, right? Because muscle has uh, a certain amount of metabolizable energy and so does fat. So you can take those numbers, base it off of the amount of fat or muscle you gained or lost, and then you can see, oh, I was exactly in a 1,225 you know, calorie, caloric, uh, calorie deficit throughout the last two months, something like that. So that's gonna give you a lot of insight as well. Uh, and then the, the third thing I'll just say is your, your activity and I'll incorporate training in there, right? So a lot of people will just work out and they focus on sensations, right? Was it hard? Um, am I sweating? Did it burn? Um, and there's no doubt that just doing that alone can really help you become a fitter, stronger, healthier person. But when you're trying to reach a goal that is very specific and you want to make sure that your work is effective, it's important that you're measuring your progress, right? Because let's say, for example, you are pushing yourself in your workouts and you're trying hard and you're lifting heavy and you're sweating a little bit and you feel your muscles, muscles burn. And you keep increasing the weights and the reps keep going down. You're not really keeping track of how much you're lifting for how many reps and how that's scaling and progressing over time. You, then you come to realize that between month one and month two, your 10 rep max hasn't changed at all. So therefore you haven't actually progressed. You haven't actually gotten stronger. You've simply just increased the perception of your work output during the workout, right? So we need to have a way to measure and track, like, are you actually getting stronger? And we do that by tracking workouts. How much weight are we lifting for a certain amount of reps? And each time we go into the gym, we have an intention of, okay, I'm supposed to hit this rep target. Last week I lifted this much, which means this week I need to try to hit this much. And if I don't hit my rep target with this much weight, this is what I need to do in order to adjust for the plateau or make sure the next time I come in, I can get that much weight for that many reps. Does that make sense? Otherwise you're just going in there and yeah, you're trying hard, which is good. I'm not, I don't want to discourage you, you know, uh, discourage your efforts and just pushing yourself, but you need to have some sort of process that you can use to measure uh, your actual strength because then you know what to adjust, how to adjust it. You can also keep track of, okay, how many working sets do I have um, for each muscle group throughout the week, right? If you're someone that wants to, let's say, you know, increase the size of your glutes or you want bigger biceps or whatever it is, you might need to allocate more sets per week towards those muscle groups and then take away from some that you feel are already developed enough that you don't really care to develop anymore. But most people will just be like, oh yeah, I feel, you know, I worked my quads hard today. I'll do it again next week. But we have no way of measuring if we're actually doing what we need to do to get to where we want to be. So tracking your food, keeping proper track of your progress and track of your, your workouts and your activity is a great um, way to increase your awareness and provide systems that will help you get there. Um, I, I forgot to mention within the activity as well uh, on top of the training is just your, your lifestyle, right? Sitting less and moving more. So for me, I've got a watch. I just have a simple like fossil watch that tracks my steps. Uh, most of my clients will use Apple watch or Fitbit or whatever else they have and track their steps because that's a big part of 
our total daily energy expenditure. So from Jump Street, if we're looking at our nutrition, right, and we're creating a 20% deficit, the, the amount of calories that that 20% deficit comes out to is going to be dictated on how much we're moving. So if we're not keeping track of our movement and we're not seeing results, we don't know if it's because we're not moving enough to create the 20% deficit that we need, right? But if we're keeping track of our steps, we know, okay, to maintain this 20% deficit, I need to have to at least 10,000 steps a day, right? So then if you're tracking your steps, you're not hitting your steps and the, the average weight isn't moving the way you want it to, you can look back and be like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I had a 20% deficit that was based on getting a certain amount of movement in each day and I haven't been getting that movement. So that's why the needle isn't moving there, right? Hopefully this is all making sense. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the point is you have those systems in place to increase awareness, right? And increasing your awareness will also help you increase your knowledge because then you'll know what you, you, you lack knowledge on. And you can go ahead and, you know, get to uh, the internet, get to some books, get to some textbooks, some, some, some courses, whatever it might be to help you understand more about uh, that certain topic. And don't get me wrong. I, I get it. You might be listening to this and you might be like, dude, this is, this is too much. This is so overwhelming. I totally get that, right? I totally get that. Um, if that wasn't the case and everybody could do it and it was easy for everybody, I wouldn't, you know, have a profession. I wouldn't have a career, <laughs> right? But the reality is there are certain things in life that we just don't want to do um, and don't want to take the time to learn about. Like for me, I'm, you know, we were thinking about doing an addition uh, or not an addition, but it's like having a, a back patio extension done on the house. Like, could I take the time to learn how to construct that and build that myself um, and get the proper permits and what, like, yeah, for sure, no doubt. Do I want to? No, because that's going to take away from my job, which I love and I enjoy. Um, I, I, am, I know that I am going to take forever to learn it. I'm probably not going to do as good of a job. It's far better for me to have somebody help me out with that. So like, if you're listening to this, and you're like, that's a lot, dude, like consider, consider coaching. Okay. But first consider simplifying it and figuring out what's in your control. Say, okay, well, I haven't been tracking my steps. Let me start tracking that. I've been telling myself I've been tracking my food accurately, but I don't really track on Saturdays and Sundays. So I'm going to start tracking on Saturdays and Sundays. Even the tiniest little change in your level of awareness and your systems can, can really make significant transformative like improvements in your body composition. Okay. So that's one thing I want you to consider. Um, if you're kind of feeling stuck in this whole, maybe this, maybe that, maybe I should try this uh, type of state. And honestly, if you're in a spot where you're like, yep, don't really want to deal with that. I want some help. And I've been trying to do it on my own. And I think I thought I knew what to do, but clearly I don't just go to Instagram and shoot me a DM with the word ready. And we'll kind of talk and just see how I can, how I can help you. Cause that's what we do at Pullman fitness, right? We coach people. So, um, all right, let's move on to our question of the day, which is from Instagram. And the question is this, how do I know if I'm not losing fat slow enough? Okay. So this is a really interesting question. And it's something that I've actually changed my mind on over the years, I used to be in the camp that would say, okay, yeah, slow fat loss is inherently better um, because fast fat loss um, means that you are going to bounce back uh, and it means that you aren't going to maintain what you've achieved um, and your life is going to be extremely miserable, right? And both in experience and in reading the research, I found that that's not true at all. Obviously, the more, you know, the more aggressive your calorie deficit is, in order to lose more fat fast, um, the more you're going to have to to give up, right? There's going to be a bigger trade-off for sure, but that doesn't mean that your life has to be miserable. Life has to be miserable, and you have to cut out every single thing that you enjoy, right? Usually, that doesn't happen until you're trying to compete on stage, and guys are getting, you know, 
to single digit body fat and girls are getting, you know, under 17% body fat, maybe under 14% body fat. Okay. Um, so that doesn't really happen until, until then. So if you're someone that just wants to get leaner, um, you want to keep that, that level of, of, of fitness and, and uh, body composition year round, you can absolutely include things that you enjoy and lose fat at a pretty decent rate. So I'm just getting off track here a little bit. So let's get back to it. Um, with the idea of faster fat loss, meaning that you are going to rebound, there's nothing in the literature that I've seen. Now, granted, I'm not, you know, formally trained in reading scientific research. Um, I'm just kind of like learn on my own through courses and certifications uh, as well. So, you know, you can definitely correct me on this if you feel like you found a study that does show. Um, but what we see is that the rate of rate loss itself does not inherently lead to weight regain, right? The issue is that when people lose weight, whether it's fast or slow, the thing that causes them to gain the weight back is them simply reverting back to their old ways. So if you have someone that loses one pound a week, or you have someone that loses, you know, 0.2 pounds a week, or you have someone that loses three pounds a week, the only thing that is going to cause them to gain that weight back is if they revert to their old ways, living the same lifestyle that got them to that place uh, from Jump Street. That's, that's like literally the only thing. Now you could argue, you know, I'll play devil's advocate here and you could argue that say, you know, losing fat really fast requires, um, you know, more trade-offs and, and higher trade-offs are harder to maintain, um, and harder to turn into habits. And maybe that's why I, I could get that argument, but I'll, I'll, I would come back and, and say this, you know, you don't have to, to maintain what you do once you're, once you've reached your goal, Right. Like you're in a 20% deficit, let's say 30% deficit to reach a goal. But once you've reached that goal, you go back to your, you go, you go to your new maintenance, right? So let's say, let's say your maintenance calories, you know, were, let's just say 2000 calories a day, right? Just for the sake of the conversation. Um, and you wanted to, you know, get, get to a decent deficit. You've, you're, you're walking a lot. Um, and so you go into, you know, let's say you do 1600 calories a day and you're losing fat at a pretty, pretty solid rate. Um, you're going to lose weight, right? Which means that your um, BMR is going to go down just because you have less, you know, tissue that's dependent on energy. Uh, and so you're, you don't need as many calories to maintain your weight. Not because your like metabolism is broken, it's just because smaller people need less energy to maintain their weight if we're solely basing it off of their, their weight. So that's naturally going to happen. So let's say you lose the weight, right? And now your BMR is, let's say 1900 calories, right? Or sorry, your total daily energy expenditure um, is 1900 calories. It used to be 2000. Now it's 1900, right? So you don't have to do 1600. You can just go to 1900, right? So you're not, you don't have to maintain that deficit long-term to stay in shape. You can maintain that deficit to continue losing, but once you reach your goal, you can just go back to your new, uh, your new maintenance and you're fine. So I'm much more in the camp now that I would rather somebody lose fat faster than slower. Now I'm always going to do what my client wants to do, assuming that I'm okay with it and I feel it's, you know, what's best for them. Um, so if they want to take it slower, I'm fine with that. I'm always just going to let them know like, Hey, okay, instead of this taking 12 weeks, it's probably going to take six months. And if they're like, yeah, cool, man, that sounds good. I'm got no issue with that. Then I'm like, all right, sweet rock and roll. Let's make it happen. But if there's somebody that wants to lose it quick, then I'm like, all right, this is what we're going to take to get there. Um, and I also want to encourage people to lose it fast because at the start you have motivation right? You have motivation. And a lot of people, and I've said it in the past, motivation is, you know, a bunch of baloney and it is in the long term. but if you have it, why not use it? <laughs> right? If you're going, you know, if you're motivated for four weeks, why would you waste that motivation? Use it to get some serious results. 
and then reevaluate from there if you don't have it anymore. Maybe take things down a notch. But whenever you're feeling pumped up to achieve something and you're feeling motivated to achieve something, I want to use that. And I want to say, all right, let's get after it. So you can, you can uh, use that motivation to lose it fast. Um, losing weight at a faster rate too is also going to have you get um, quicker wins, right? You're going to have more wins, which is going to reinforce that what you do works and is going to make you want to continue doing it, right? I'd also argue that the faster you lose fat, the sooner you're going to be able to be done, right? Our, our perception of things like humans, we, we like to know that something that isn't ideal is going to be over right? Think about a cold shower. If you got like, if our perception of something, if it's, if it's slowly getting worse, that's miserable for us, right? You get in a hot shower and you slowly make it colder and colder and colder and colder. That's awful compared to just getting into a cold shower, right? So if our perception of an experience, especially if we're trying to lose body fat is that like, let's say this would, this would kind of relate to somebody starting at a small deficit and increasing the deficit from there, right? Your perception of that experience is that okay, this just is just going to keep getting worse. My deficit's going to keep getting bigger. It's going to be hard to, to maintain that level of dedication, right? But if you, if you know right out the gate that you're just working on this hard for the next 12 weeks or whatever it is, and you see those big wins right from the, from the jump, and you know that your experience is going to get better, especially the sooner you reach your goal, you're only going to be more uh, driven to, to do what you need to do to get to your goal. So I, th- I would be much more in the camp of like, let's lose fat faster rather than slower. And when I say faster, here's what I mean. I don't mean at a super high rate that encourages muscle loss. We also want to make sure we're losing muscle, but the quote unquote optimal, I hate to really use that word, but the quote unquote optimal uh, rate of loss would be to lose as much fat as you possibly can in the shortest amount of time possible without losing muscle. That's the ideal. That's what we want to strive for. Okay. So in other words, what I would try to kind of communicate to you in figuring out like, okay, how much, like what rate is that for me? I would, I would consider this. I would say, um, what is aggressive for you and what is extremely conservative? And then I would figure out what do you want to tolerate? And I would go on the aggressive side of what you're willing to tolerate. Okay. So let's say, for example, a 10% deficit is on the conservative side for you right? 10% deficit is on the conservative side. And let's say a 40% deficit is like, that's, that's nuts. There's no way I'm willing to do what it takes to maintain a 40% deficit. I care too much about my, my cocktails or whatever, my, my happy hour, whatever other stuff it is, right? Which is fine. That's fine. You just need to make sure your tolerance and expectations are in alignment. Um, so 40%, let's say is just way too aggressive. Um, and so you realize that you're willing to tolerate 30%, but that's your max right? So go on the conservative side of, uh, or no, the aggressive side of what you're willing to tolerate. So if like 30% would be your max, I'd be like, all right, let's do a 25% deficit, right? You're pushing the upper limits of what you're willing to tolerate, but it's still something that you're willing to tolerate to get to where you want to be. That's what I would go for. But only you can know what that is, right? You might not know the exact number or the percentage of deficit or whatnot. That's something that a, you know, a coach can help you with, or you can like kind of dig into the research on what that looks like. But um, for your personal experience, that's what I would kind of think through and consider. So to answer the question, how do I know if I'm not losing fat slow enough? There really isn't slow enough, right? I would just base it off of the rate that you want to achieve each week and your deadline. So if you have a deadline, I want to reach X amount of goal, uh, or I want to lose X amount of pounds by May, right? Look at where you are now and where you want to be. Are you losing it too slow? Are you losing it at a, at a fast rate? 
are you going to get there sooner, but you're not willing to continue doing what it takes to get there sooner, then you can slow it down. Are you going too slow so you're not going to make the deadline and you're willing to crank it up a notch? Then crank it up a notch. So you can start to see how there really isn't a hard and fast rule with this. It's just kind of based on what you want to achieve and what you are or are not willing to do to get there. So hopefully this was helpful um, in figuring out your, your rate of loss. And again, remember, we want to lose as much fat as we possibly can in the shortest amount of time possible in line with what you're willing to tolerate without losing muscle. That's the ideal or the holy grail, <laughs> for the lack of a better word, when it comes to um, changing body composition, losing body fat. All right. So if this was helpful, I would love your support. Leave a, leave a rating and review, five-star rating and review on Spotify. And I think um, you can do that on Spotify now and do it on Apple podcasts too. If you listen to Apple podcasts, it's one of the best ways that you can help the show um, reach more people. And this is, you know, in the, in the business in Pullman fitness, this podcast makes absolutely $0, <laughs> right? But it's a great way for people to get introduced to, um, valuable information that's going to help them, um, and more content that's going to, uh, help them live a healthier life. So you can be a part of that by sharing this episode or any other episode, or just the show with your friends and family, posting it on your story on, um, on Instagram, Facebook, social media, whatever it is, and then leaving a rating and review as well. So very grateful for that, that support there. Uh, and then if you have a question that you want to have answered in a later episode, go to Instagram. My uh, handle is Adam Pullman underscore PT. And you'll see that question box there on Sundays, inviting you to uh, ask as many health, fitness and nutrition questions as you would like. So over the next few episodes, we'll be going through that rebrand. So I hope you enjoy that. Thank you for your patience with that as we kind of uh, get things figured out in aligning the show with the overarching brand of Pullman Fitness. And we will see you guys in the next episode. If you're still here, listen up. Here's the thing. You have access to all the health and fitness information in the world, yet you may still find yourself feeling absolutely fed up with the way that you look, feel, and move. That's because it's not an information issue, but rather an implementation issue. What I do at Pullman Fitness is walk with you one-on-one -on -one through custom training and nutrition solutions so you can finally quit the guesswork, transform your body, and live life to the full. So if you're sick and tired of how you're looking, feeling, or moving, go ahead and message me on Instagram with the word call, that's C-A-L-L, call, and we'll see how I can best help you. And hey, if you enjoy the show, share the love by leaving a five-star rating and review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, this is the podcast.